Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about horniness, getting horny. What is happening in your brain? Why do some people get hornier than other people? And how does horniness affect your decision making? Also, it's going to be an adult one. Mom, family members, turn it off. If there's kids in the car, turn it off. I don't know. Maybe we can educate them about horniness. Who knows? But we will be talking about, you know, explicit things. <laughs> Yeah, like, of course, like everything, it's educational. It's all going to be, it's actually and fascinating. At some point, the kids got to learn about some horniness. Point, the kids should learn about horniness. Someday. And no, it's just a physiological, neurological response that can truly take over your body and make you do crazy things. Okay. I got to acknowledge the elephant in the room because I'm about to cough on this microphone. Oh my God. And that is that I got COVID. Um, finally getting over it was absolutely awful. So awful. you're, I didn't just like get it a little bit. I like <laughs> got it. <laughs> well, I got and it. And so now I, I do feel so much physically better, but I still have a, like a bit of a cough. I've got a bit of a sniffle. But so. you're negative. I want you to tell people that. Oh yeah. I've like, been testing negative for yeah. days. Greg's like, I wouldn't I not am want beside to be using him. <laughs> but I wasn't beside him for a week. Yeah. But like you did get it already. So hopefully, presumably you won't be able to get it. <sighs> but there's so, there's, there's you never know so much covid in toronto there's i'm like i'm sure there's new variants forming in this goddamn city we're all just like so many people have covid right now it's crazy yeah so i apologize if i sound gross um but i am so happy to be back that's why we didn't do an episode last week because i was truly in the worst pain of my life (laughs) and then the two weeks before that there was also no episode that's when i had covid so (laughs) and i really honestly like when greg was at his lowest i was like guess i just have a better immune system (laughs) Like every day, I like literally was like on a high. I was like, wow, my body's incredible. <laughs> like skipping around. Like these glands are gorgeous. So I guess I and, got what I deserve. And worse. Like you're and real bad. Worse. Yeah. Well, like, I'm also still such a baby. Sick. Like I, because I feel like regularly, I mean, not that it doesn't happen to you, but you say, I feel like I, even when I get like sick with a cold, I get aches in my body. Like I yeah. had that happen a lot in my life. And I remember one time you kind of saying like, you don't get aches that often. And I think your family said like they didn't have aches as like symptoms or other people hmm. I've talked to. No, I, I had aches. But I guess I don't really know what that means. Like you obviously are like, I had aches. Like, but yeah, no, it was like my bones hurt. Like, okay. Then, then yeah. yeah, I just mean like that happens to me a lot. So I feel like that was extra accentuated. Yeah. Like my aches were so bad that I couldn't function. Yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. couldn't, I was just like constantly in pain in every part of my yeah. body and in weird parts of my body. Like yeah. one day, just like my butt cheek was aching so yeah. much. Whoa. Uh, hot. Horny. Horny episode. Okay. Horny episode. Um, but ultimately it is just like, okay. Hopefully this is the end of that chapter of my life, but probably not. <laughs> I know. You know, like Hell. Okay, yeah. we need to move on because I can't talk about COVID anymore. It's truly all we talk wow, about. Wow, must be hard for you. <laughs> perfectly healthy man. Oh, what did we learn this week? Mine does connect not with COVID, but it's related. So I feel like I'll go first. Okay. Um, it's literally one of my worst fears. We've actually talked about it on this podcast before. And Heights. that is... No, yeah. What else do you think it could possibly be? <laughs> Insects, bugs, lake water, no, deep water. taking too much ibuprofen oh okay 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 <laughs> my constant anxiety about maybe like, i always have something that's painful so i'm like always popping a pill yeah new little study came out not such great news for me oh my god turns out there's a correlation between ibuprofen use and chronic pain 
Wait, what? Uh, so basically like persistent use of pain relieving steroid or sorry, like non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs yeah. and NSAIDs like ibuprofen uh, can turn in this specific study. They were looking at lower back pain because it's the most common or most sort of like popular, if you would put it that way, you know, everyone wants it uh, chronic condition and people in the study who were using ibuprofen to manage it over a course of 10 years had more Oh, sorry. Over the let me try to like my notes right now. It was over five hundred thousand people in the UK they were looking at who took anti-inflammatory drugs. They were more likely to have pain two to ten years later. Does that make sense? No. Sorry. Wait. What? If you took these drugs, yeah. you were more likely to have chronic back pain two to ten years later in but life. But some people had had back pain and weren't taking NSAIDs. Yes, and oh. they were less likely to still have oh. back pain. Then. So I think it's trying to say like. Obviously, there's lots of conditions and stuff that you're not going to just like. It's not because of your anti-inflammatory yeah, drugs. Yeah, some connection. Yeah. So, um, oh, th- these kind of drugs in particular work by blocking your body's production of a certain inflammation in your body. Yeah. Right. So it's um, that. My brain. Okay, this is called a post-COVID. Brain. Oh my God, he's got long COVID. <laughs> okay. He's got long COVID. Alert I the authorities. Call Justin my, Trudeau. Oh he's got long God, COVID. I'm, I'm kidding. That's not funny. But we should do an episode of long COVID. I'm writing it down. You so, can. Okay, actually, yeah. Um, basically, they believe that white blood cells, white as, people, <laughs> white blood cells known as neutrophils, which help to fight body infections and play a key role in resolving pain. Yeah. That. Uh, they're being affected by these uh, painkillers. So when they block these neutrophils in mice, they find that it prolongs pain in mice. So even though you're like temporarily relieving the pain, if you're taking pain meds too often, the (laughs) hypothesis is that maybe it's interacting with your body's own pain management and in a, in the long term can have effect. Mitch, so you need to actually stop taking uh, Yeah. Thankfully, though, my pain is not lower back. And it's I don't have like a specific chronic pain that I'm trying to tolerate or to treat. There was a big You caveat. don't? <laughs> no, it's just, to me. just like every time. I'm like of every day. You're like, it's a new one. Exactly. It's a new one. <laughs> just the same drug. Uh, the effect wasn't seen with paracetamol, which I'm pretty sure is Tylenol in the UK, or antidepressants. I so love they how they're all like, paracetamol. Oh, that, Alan, you got the paracetamol. This was Funded by Tylenol. Um, but the big caveat was this is like early research. A full clinical trial has not been done yet. Cool. So now it still needs to go on that. Cool. So like the researchers <laughs> and doctors commenting on this were saying we shouldn't make too broad of statements. So maybe yet. you should just wait. backspace that men in black erase that from your memory because you're so anxious about it that you need to wait. Or are you just going to take this and be like, you I don't know. But when I was on COVID, all I could think about was my bleeding stomach. On COVID. <laughs> no, I, I got on ripped COVID. on COVID. <laughs> all I could think about was like my stomach's bleeding and then I would switch to Tylenol and I'd be like, now my liver's bleeding. Oh like, my God. <laughs> that's all I think about when I take those pills. Also, Advil's quaking in their boots about these studies. Oh, for sure. And paracetamol was absolutely doing back handsprings and joy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, just something worth thinking about if you have chronic pain. I wonder if it's aluminium and paracetamol. Okay. The urinal. Um, what? The urinal. That's how they say it, don't they? Urinal. Urinal. Okay, so this is if my... You're from England. This is, is my, <laughs> this is my story about the first time I went to London. Quickly, before I get into my wedding this week. We're standing in line. I've just seen Billy Elliot alone, hungover bawling my eyes out so i've just it's the intermission i have just truly cried i knocked over a girl's red wine i was crying so hard alone and she touched me and she said it's gonna be okay and i was like i know i was like 20 years old it was like truly like maybe like a beautiful day for me sad day for those watching around me i'm in line for the bathroom and this guy comes up to me and he's like you're getting laughing today and I, like literally i was just like oh sorry what and he was like get in the cave today and i was just like honestly I'm so sorry. You're not like, I didn't say you're not speaking English, but I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, no, like I was just like, you're not like, I didn't, I was like, I don't understand you. And then he was like, you're not you're in the queue for the, loo. he was saying, you're, are you in the queue for the loo? So it was just like, and then eventually he was so mad at me like he was, that you didn't understand that it was like he was like you're in my goddamn country like and i probably came <laughs> off as american he's like i in the cave for the late and i clearly was and i just kept being like no like you need to go like giving him this weird vibe. Like, are yeah. you in the queue for the loo and i was like <laughs> yeah 
I am like, but also stop yelling. I mean, a little bit on you. You didn't know what the word Q was, and well, that is a word in this country okay, too. Q people wouldn't use. for the loo. Like that's insane. That's not English. Like just leave me alone. I was. And I mean, I do think day. British people like, Goshlavia. Uh, I noticed when I was living there for a little bit too. Not the same as you, but I was there for like a little placement. Um, one time I put. At a bakery or like a sandwich place, mustard on my turkey sandwich, and I swear yeah. everyone lost their mind in the in the deli. Like, like you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, well, no, it's gross. You have like <laughs> prawn sandwiches. You have prawn flavored chips or crisps. Sorry, I mean so I back off. that. But I mustard meant, like, and turkey I feel is like so normal. There's very ideal. It's like because I think ham goes with mustard. Also, <laughs> I'm sorry, Britain, you colonial. Freaks, <laughs> no, stop yelling at British But followers. you definitely invented mustard and turkey. Like that seems so British. <laughs> I was like, uh, why? Everyone was like, oh my god, American. Like looking at me, I felt so embarrassed. I was like also 20 or something. I also feel confident making fun of British people because what's so gorgeous about them is that they actually can take Yeah, jokes. they're self-deprecating. Yeah. yeah, unlike Americans when you make fun of them, they're like, you actually were the bald eagle. We're going to actually blow you up for that. And you're like, hey, relax. Like, learn how to take a joke. Okay, moving on. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I just truly spend all this podcast alienating everyone who possibly listeners. listening. Yeah, so okay. like, who's left? The Canadians only. <laughs> yeah, and all Canadians need to get off their goddamn high horse. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm reading this book called Chatter by Ethan Cross. Oh, what? I've read that. What? No, wait. What is it about? It's about this self-talk in your head. Yeah, I've read that. Are you serious? Yeah, I listened to the audiobook like last year. Okay, I'm well, currently listening to it while I run. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, wow. we're connected. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to be able to learn. You're not learning something new from me. But okay. Essentially, what I learned, which I think is super helpful for people to know, I think I might make a video, is that I just think it's cool because your self-talk and the way you talk in your head is just like kind of like, I think what most of us like all do. Mm -hmm. He also made it sound at the beginning. He's like, do you talk in your head? Some don't. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's not, that can't like, be true. Uh, but some people don't like picture things in their heads. They don't yeah. like have an internal monologue. Like everyone has that's a different variation of what goes on in their mind. Crazy to me. But I just was kind of like, if you don't, like, what does that mean? But anyways, <laughs> so essentially if you're in stressful situations, dealing with grief, really intense situations, it's very simple what the thesis of this book is, which is that speaking in third person is very helpful for the self-talk that you can sometimes lose control of when you're stressed. And he said it's actually something you might have an experience with that people do, like athletes, you might even have done it yourself. When you say something like, okay, come on, Greg, you got this. Mm. Like he explains through an ev evolutionary perspective why we do it. And he also was like, if you can tap into that, it can be like a really helpful resource to be like, Greg, you've got this. Or if you're suffering from COVID, even I'm just like picturing you looking at yourself like while you're lying. I just remember thinking lying in my bed. I wasn't reading the book at the time. So depressed when you can the more you can think of watching yourself like a fly on the wall, mm. almost zooming out as if there's a camera above you and you're going down your street house by house. Yeah, you get to your house. You're lying. It's like, oh, there's just a guy lying in bed of COVID. Like, that's fine. Like, from the outside perspective, when you're not in it, you realize, oh, there's tons of people right. lying in bed with COVID. That will and make it's it like, through. And, yeah. It's all about, like, putting yourself outside of yourself, whether mm. it's the third person, whether it's viewing yourself from top down, whether it's also just going over other people who've been through your experiences, all your mm. friends who've had COVID. It's, like, actually cool how he's explaining you can control, essentially, the thought in your head to make yourself less stressed. Yeah, I could have told you that last year. That's when I read the book. I'm just kidding. So I'm just kidding. funny. I'm <laughs> surprised you. you didn't. I I probably told you a bunch of stuff from it. Like really? I, like I don't know. I don't remember if I told you that. I guess I am not a partner who listens. Okay. No, you <laughs> probably did. It was like a year ago. No, I know, but I still thought um, I would that remember. That is very interesting. Any anything? Are you kidding? I like gravitate to that book because it was like yeah. about anyone who has like. <laughs> mental problems <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no i love i'm surprised you're reading because i love a self-help book especially if it has like a bend towards science i was like i thought it was a science book but you're right a lot of it is like get to the studies bud and he no does. it is it is a, it is a science book but it's a self-help science book yeah and there's, it's psychology there's a and the studies are like not amazing <laughs> okay well it's obviously harder in psychology all i mean is there's different categories of self-help books some yeah. are just motivational self-help but some are yeah. like a neuroscience being yeah. like a neuroscientist being like I'm going to talk through some of the science yeah. I know that can relate to your own it psychology totally is self-help and yeah a lot of the studies are like getting <laughs> getting kids to say like I suffered through this or 
you suffered through this or my first name suffered through this. And then they like study their brains and just like mm. question them after. And they're always like, well, I was happier when I said my name and not I and third person. So yeah, it's like, cool, though. take what you will with that, but not the best study in the world. Anyways, moving but, on okay, okay. <laughs> to some hard, no pun intended science. Like, horniness is well studied okay, yeah okay <laughs> well, nothing, uh, oh yeah no for sure i mean like because it's interesting because horniness is also tied into biology and just like very explicit again a very explicit moment of something happening so i think it's not easier to study but you know like like if someone has like yeah it is a migraine, to study. yeah it's like you don't know when that's gonna happen yeah but like horniness you, you can, can do control. you're gonna literally like <laughs> uh here's a titty here's a cock so on that note we'll take a little break get you prepped up oh, and come back so go fluff got a half chub okay we're done oh god <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by better help online therapy people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches teeth grinding even which i do even digestive issues can be indicators of stress and let's not forget about doom scrolling <laughs> sleeping too little, sleeping too much, which actually for me is like now, undereating or overeating. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways and in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less and grind all the time, hustle harder, hustle culture, hustle culture. Here is your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Side Note is sponsored by BetterHelp, and listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash side note. That's betterhelp.com slash side note. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I was like, am I going to do that? They're like, is that how we're going to start this pod? Well, what I love so much is that horniness. It's not just about the uh. It's a lot that comes before it. What do you okay. mean? Well, we're oh, gonna. I'm oh. gonna get into the stages of horniness, <laughs> oh. but they can start really early. What me grabbing my tit right now, touching no, my nipples? No, it was nipples. like the letter O is often like oh, an orgasm. orgasm. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. I oh oh sorry. Okay, before we get there, I just have to say that. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of people arguing where the term horny comes from because I think it's a really good as word. a word as a it's word. A, it's one of those words that I don't like. Think we need to change. No, me. You know what I, I mean? Agree. I'm like, it is great. Horny? It's just like horny any language. I always language. think about the way Greg writes it. Anytime you text or like do a tweet or something, it's always like with the two dots over the O and with an I. Yeah. It's, and so I always think of horny as like horny. horny. Yeah. It's like. I, like you're like Icelandic. It autocorrects to the Bjork version because I did it once. Horny. And now whenever I see it, I'm like, I love that. And I actually, the only thing I write on Instagram ever is just horny, horny for this. And I realized like with a four. That's your anyways, personality. I'm like, I'm like really obsessed with horny. Horny for this. <laughs> so... Um, if you like, okay, so they think that it maybe had to do with like horny also meant like calloused and hard. And then over time became like a hard, uh, maybe hard penis, hard clitoris. That's what one people think. But I have to say that also if a mineral <laughs> what is compact, homogeneous with a dull luster, it's considered a horny mineral. And I just love that there's like geologists. Oh my God. Who are like, that's a wow, horny mineral. that one. And I mean, I must describe it as horny. Okay, well, I must bring up the fact then, which came first, the horn or the horny? Oh, the horn. So then don't you think there's some <laughs> connection between horns, which, you know, are phallic 
in nature. Yes, and also horny is used for that too. If something has a horn, yeah, you can say that's was, a horny thing. Yeah, I was going to say, when I was looking up research, <laughs> no the word horny was actually not the best search term. It would bring up so many studies oh. that were about like animals with horns. Oh, well, yes. When I was actually sexual on, arousal. Like, scholar. Yeah, yeah, sexual arousal yeah, was yeah, 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 the yeah. term that would bring up actual journal entries. Yes. So, so today like we're talking... Scientists are scared to say horny. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> scientists are really scared to say horny. And, <laughs> and we're going to break that mold. literally tweeting about it this week, and I think it's really annoying. Because I'm like, it's so... <laughs> <Say> it. <laughs> we just want people to be interested and to learn science. It's very frustrating. Okay, I have like really, really good examples. Of them, <laughs> of, like, of like them not trying Dancing to say around every it's other word. insane. Okay, this is okay. <laughs> this is a hilarious way that a journal was essentially saying we fucking tonight. Okay, <laughs> most sexual activities are preceded by approach to a potential partner. With potential partners understood, any individual that is attractive to another actor and who might be willing to engage in sexual activity once approached has been accomplished. After completing one's approach, physical interaction with the partner and eventually copulation may become possible. I can't tell if it's the way you said it or if that didn't make sense. Okay, it <laughs> literally didn't make sense. And I read that word for word and it was a little bit contextually like weird because you know when you read science studies and they're like four sentences long and then you you're kind of like, like shake your head and you have a moment and you're like, you're literally just saying if a horny. person <laughs> is horny for someone, they might have sex. Yeah. But it's like with all these jargon words and weird like context switches uh, anyways it's frustrating because i just think we should say horny i agree i mean that's like lesson for science in general is like so often you're right you can turn four sentences into one into one and it's not for lack of <laughs> removing detail no it's just like for some reason it's said in a way that you're like that feels like you're yeah. trying to sound smart yeah. or trying to trying to fill a word quota yeah but i do think sometimes they're trying to With make respect. sure they're We've not all been there. they're not like taking it's, they're really working hard to make sure what they're saying isn't taken out of context, which I think That's is like fair. what I appreciate about yeah. it. Just sometimes I'm reading and I'm like, this is laughable. But you know, <laughs> we there's something about the field that makes you do that. Even when we were in university, I feel like writing papers, you would naturally go into that tone of voice. Mm -hmm. Not because we were worried about being misconstrued, but it was like expected that you speak in this sort of like professional way. Um, so getting a boner at night is called nocturnal penile senescence. Which is like... I think that's fine. But it's still funny. It it's like, imagine funny. you could just write, you got a boner. Like this many people got boners at night. Like it would just help. <laughs> I, I can get over like when a, when a phenomenon has a specific terminology because it's like, obviously there are different colloquialisms <laughs> in different countries yeah, and different fair. communities. And so the science community is going to have their own. And the British probably, people are like, we don't know what a boner at night is. Literally, we, know this, yeah. we know nocturnal <laughs> penile senescence. <laughs> they would too. The British people would be yeah. saying that. They'd be like, we call it a chubby or something weird. <laughs> um, okay, so. I feel like they would say stiffy. Yeah. It's stiffy. stiffy. <laughs> so sexual arousal, getting horny, yeah. is commonly thought of as just a genital thing. Here we are in the studies. I'm like, I thought that. And then it's like, no, 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 no. It's not just mm. getting a boner. It's not just getting wet. It's not Sounds just getting like a hard clit. Yeah. But in academic text, horniness is more complex. So what I was reading is that it starts with information processing, like in your brain. In my head, it was kind of like you're on a TikTok and all of a sudden it's a horny TikTok. Yeah. And your brain kind of has this like moment of like, wait, <laughs> like, like it literally is like processing. Is this relevant for me? Are we going to do this thing? Uh. <laughs> and then arousal in a general sense, not in the not in the gonads like just like literally excitatory like mentally mental maybe there's like you know like essentially like excitatory endorphins. neurons endorphins you might be excited you don't know why okay then the there's incentive motivation which is like literally when you decide if you're motivated enough to like honestly like get hard or or like you know get the labia going and then there's the genital response which is like the boner the wet and then yeah. potentially an orgasm. But it was like kind of cool to be like all of those things fall under different realms of horniness. And I was yeah. like, that's super cool. That is cool. Because <laughs> I guess it's so true that you can be horny like 
in any of those ways, you don't have to be physically horny. And you kind of decide, like, you might be like, I'm horny, but like, I actually have to go to a meeting. And then right. your body's like, well, we're not going to get a chub. Yeah, but I might be <laughs> mentally. Yeah, yeah but you might be it, like, and then yeah. after the meeting, you might be like, I still am. Like, I, <laughs> I get the sense that oh like women God. are more in tune with that. Like it, it's often stereotyped that it's harder for men. <laughs> no pun intended because there is like seemingly a more obvious connection to your physicality of horniness. Hmm. Like as a man, you can like have uh, an erection and not feel that horny too. Yeah. Which is interesting. So there's like, but I think for like young guys who maybe are still learning about their bodies, there's yeah. like this obvious thing that happens yeah. that you can see that connects to your f- emotional horniness. Also, that is interesting. what's amazing about this field of study is that it is more researched on women than men. Oh, really? Because this is what I read in a couple studies because of they're desperate the, to crack the code. <laughs> no. Oh my God. That's probably it. No, I'm kidding. It's like, because women have such like a more powerful and are way more important than men in their like menstrual cycle in the sense that they are childbearing and they're hormonal. They're more hormonally complex in many ways, like on a month to month basis. Sure. For that reason, there's been more research about like hormones in mm. women and a lot of horniness has to do with hormones. Oh my God, no pun intended. <laughs> so it's like, I thought it was kind of cool because it's like, yeah, they're actually like, there's just so much more information and abilities to study women. You know, it should be called whore me. Whore me. <laughs> I'm whore me. Whore me. My hormones are going, I'm whore me. And then therefore me want to be a whore. <laughs> exactly. Whore me. Whore me. <laughs> That's the better term. Can we get that trending, folks? Whore me. <laughs> So the sexual response in women, like I read of, is like desire, arousal, orgasm, and resolution. So they also like included that for some reason, the resolution. And um, yeah, there's really interesting things about like desire in women because it is a lot different in the sense that like when they get to the motivation aspect, they like have to deal with more like essentially like intimacy, pleasure, like choice like apparently there's just like a lot more like complexity happening in female bodies or it's just more studied that they know more about it and then the arousal which consists of like dreams and fantasies and it doesn't necessarily have to do with your genitals or like your clitoris or your labia like you can come from just thinking about arousal like women are more likely to do that men can also do that so you mean without any physical stimulation? Yes, that's what they're saying based on the female body. Believable. That is like more possible. <laughs> but then there is also the orgasm, which is like when essentially you get to like a certain threshold of like, yeah, touching like the clitoris, the labia, vagina, plus like a lot of mental like arousal and horniness. You pass this threshold and you get repeated one second motor contractions of your pelvic floor. This is a woman. I'm just like getting turned on. <laughs> and then followed by two to four seconds of repeated uterine and vaginal smooth muscle muscle contraction. That's like the O orgasm. And then that's all like carries information to your brain, which goes to pleasure sites. And then like you have an orgasm. But they were just saying that women's was like, it's not as, it's more, complicated and interesting from what I was reading whereas with men you can have an orgasm without like coming but it just is more straightforward mm. and less studied um it's like I'm sure everyone wishes this I just want to know what it feels like for well not to be just, a woman who yeah and, and like oh, I was gonna yeah. say that but then also I'm like <laughs> even like for other men I'm just curious like is it the same also I think we need to say I because assume. of like being trans and also like a lot of this research on men had to do with people who were like had hypogonadism, whether it was from an injury or also like um, being born intersex. So it's like, we also have to say when we say women, it could be someone having a vagina and there's such a like plethora of like genders and sexes from a scientific perspective. So like, it's also really hard to say that anyone like almost what you're saying anyone's orgasm or horniness is the same as someone else's right because of the way that like spectrum our baselines are yeah yeah and i mean even within um yeah i just think that 
Oh my god, I want to have another like, person's your orgasm blue, blue. so yeah, bad. Curious. Like I assume, obviously, <laughs> oh god. you can see from people's like reactions, yeah. and faces and stuff. <laughs> obviously, there's like it's similar, so it probably feels oh similar. My god. But I'm so curious, in particular about like the female body, just because obviously that's probably very different. Uh-huh. Seems to be much longer. Obviously, seems to like in some ways take longer to get there. But I really, I really want to have a vaginal orgasm, <laughs> like so badly. Like I think that's why I even read that out. Like. I was just like, I need to read that out because when I was reading it, I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> like, I was like, I want that. Mine feels like dumb compared to that. Well, I wonder. Okay. So at that point, <laughs> what, I guess, coming? Yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Up, up until orgasm, like you are obviously horny. I've just like, it's interesting because horny to me, even though I don't think this when I'm saying it out loud, but it's like <laughs> horny is almost the part that comes before For. the sex. Yeah. And once you're having sex, obviously you're still horny, but it's like, then you're having sex. So it's like, you're, you have now satisfied your horny desire. But in my mind, there's something about like hmm. the horniness being like the tension, the, pre, before. the lust. Yeah. The part where you're like, uh, have to make that decision of like, am I going to now pursue this? Mm. Whether that means with the person or masturbation or porn or whatever. Right. Like, Oh, so like the horniness ends when the sex starts. I'm not saying this is like a no. I, well, according to science, it's like that's not true. But yeah. I, but I know what you mean. Obviously, I wouldn't say in the middle of like sex, I'm not horny. Imagine the second <laughs> that'd be like 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 an Adam Sandler movie. The second he has sex, he loses his horniness or like something stupid. <laughs> that does like happen that. for a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. Like people get nervous. People have all sorts of things happen. Or you build it up so much more in your head, and then you're doing it. And you're like. What's for dinner? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's worth me talking about one of my studies right now, yeah. which is the impact of being horny on decision making, which <laughs> I thought was so interesting. And I'm sure like oh lots of people can God. relate to like how once if you're horny, it's like your mind, it like can kind of take over. Your yeah, I, that's like, it's like, do you lose control? Okay. Go. So this was a small sample size. <laughs> I think it was like 15 or 20 men. Okay. Only. Boo. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and so take it with a grain of salt, but I just thought it was interesting what they had found. So they were literally given like a laptop where they were going to be shown porn. I want to be <laughs> in this study continue i know i was like this is so funny and then they were given a device that would they would answer questions in that was made for their non-dominant hand so that they could be like stimulating themselves this is so so it was like they i didn't say this explicitly in the study but it made it clear that they were actually not being watched you realize you weren't reading this you were just watching porn it's just like a fan fiction science okay so they're okay so they're there their non-dominant hand is using What? So Sorry, I'm distracted because I'm horny. Basically, they're being shown <laughs> types of erotica, porn imagery. And in their left hand is this device that's going to, like, ask them questions. Okay, okay, okay. Um, interestingly, so there's two groups, one that will not be aroused and one that will. They're in private, so they're answering these questions in private. <laughs> um, but they can't, they're not given the questions in the arousal group until they are self-monitoring that they are over 75% horny. <laughs> Oh, and they just get to choose what for them. Yeah, so okay, like yeah. they have to be gauging their yeah, own arousal. Like how horny am I? Because the study wanted to make sure we're actually judging your yeah. decision making once you're actually highly aroused. <laughs> Not when you're just like getting in the room and nervous. Like the person has to be like, yeah. no, I feel like very aroused right now. <laughs> so... Um, this is insane. Let me see what my I love the scientists who are like, why don't we just like do this horny ass thing with these boys? <laughs> I know. I mean, it is such a weird study to like pay someone and be like, we want you yeah. to just like masturbate and answer questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I'm sure there's lots of university kids oh who are like, yeah, I'll take God. 20 bucks yeah, for that. For sure. And I there's also lots like, of undergrad people who are like, that can be my thesis. Okay, <laughs> I'll do that one. But it seems like could be problematic not that it is but it's like you obviously probably have to be so careful when you do a study yeah. around like sexuality like maybe we're canceled people. for you and making jokes about it <laughs> no i, I didn't yeah, imagine we were canceled in the niche psychology community because we made fun of the horny study okay continue um one interesting thing which i'm sure everyone can relate to is activities <laughs> that were perceived before being aroused as not sexual be, were much more likely to have sex, be sexually charged as they became, and attractive when they became aroused. Oh so there was a much wider range of activities that were sexually appealing. The Sudoku is so hot. Like look literally, the, look at the curves on that. A. Uh, but so sexual arousal had a strong impact on three things that they were studying. So uh-huh. these were like the results. One, it impacted their appeal of sexual activities. So like what they were willing to do sexually. So the more aroused they became, the more they were willing to do. The more they were like, put it in my ass. And that included 
so number two, their willingness to behave in morally questionable ways. So it impacted. Oh. So again, remember they're answering like survey questions. So when they were more aroused, they were more likely to agree to say like to something like messed up. Maybe yeah, to do something that you would feel is maybe morally not right. Like poor people deserve it. I, I, <laughs> like what kind of? I think it was more like morally questionable insane. sexual behaviors. Okay. So like Whoa. maybe um, choking somebody or like I'm not saying Whoa. that's morally questionable if it's consensual, but yeah. obviously like pushing the line of yeah. they were more willing to take those steps further. Yeah. And then three, their willingness <laughs> oh to engage in unsafe sex increased a lot. The more wow. aroused they were. Wow. Um, and uh, the final sort of piece was that they were the subjects were unable to predict these influences on their own behavior. Like they didn't think they changed. And then all of a sudden I don't know that they like, wouldn't say they didn't think they changed they at all, like, but they, <laughs> it was in the aroused state that all of these things came out. They're like, remember you said you wanted to choke someone. They're like, what I did. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was an interesting study. Again, it was a small study, but I That's mean, it such tracks a fun like study. when people are horny, like if you think yeah. about like going on grinder, people like go down wormholes where all yeah. they can focus on is like getting, yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the most gorgeous day outside and they might just be inside just like in the wasting block time, wasting yeah. time being like wanna see my dick <laughs> yeah no horniness is definitely not gonna help you make decisions no i don't think so either um where do we go from there um i kind of i'm just like laughing i wanted to bring up like how it would be so great to be in psychology classes and then get to do that study rather than get to do a study where it's like, choose which apple, like the blue or the red. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it'd yeah. be so fun to get in there and they'd be like, so you're going to be watching porn. <laughs> I know. But you'd probably become so desensitized to it. It's kind of like if you were in porn or yeah. studying porn, you would probably just be like, this is just my job at this yeah, point. No, like, if there's nothing... Yeah. I wonder how that would impact your own personal arousal. Yeah. Right? Because that's also a conversation. We've talked about it in our porn episodes about like that extended exposure and how the more used you are to something, the further you can often push it. And so like that obviously impacts your arousal capabilities mm -hmm. too. If you are needing to take things to the extreme, you probably won't be as aroused as easily. Hmm. Or if you're uh, like satisfying your arousal needs all the time, then you probably won't be getting as aroused. That's true. That kind of leads into the brain stuff where it's like, yeah, it's like really intense to be horny. And if you're too horny a lot of the time, it can be like hard to not be horny. And then you end up seeking out being horny all the time. And then it becomes a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, remember we watched that therapy show and that one guy was like, like so a lot of people have like really intense sex drives. That was like one of the couple's problems. Yes. Okay. I can talk about that. Sure. That's my, it's like further down, but I'll start talking about it now. Okay. So they're like, it was like, really interesting for them to try and figure out what like causes someone like to be horny from like a hormonal perspective. And to be honest, there there's no baseline answer to this, but I kept reading them saying, you can't say this is the reason you can't say this is the reason, but study after study was saying that it probably is linked to higher testosterone mm -hmm. in both men and women. Okay. But at the same time, there are a bunch Always of studies that are caveating like, it, okay. but some of them were really good studies I was reading that were really interesting. And so what they were able to do is that people who have hypogonadism or who produce lower levels of testosterone, they then get supplemented with testosterone. Mm -hmm. And they found that in a lot of these studies, pretty large studies, people would find an increase in sex drive. Hmm. Once so, they were given the supplements. Once they were given the testosterone supplements. But testosterone also has a lot of, like does a lot of other, other things yeah. and bad things to your body. And so there's like a give or take that sometimes like the more positive things that were happening were just like, oh yeah, there was like an increase of beta. I literally remember like in first or second year university, a professor being like, you know, men are just testosterone poisoned females. <laughs> and that literally. stuck with me forever. And it's like, it was like, testosterone is part it, of the reason why men tend die, die earlier. Yeah. Like, like testosterone is like not a good thing. It's like why you're, it's why you're bald. <laughs> if you're bald, like it's like, it's, it's, it's obviously it's an incredibly important hormone. If you right. didn't have testosterone, yeah. you die. But it's like, it's, it is interesting it's funny that to realize that some guys are like, yeah. and it's like, that's actually really embarrassing. You're sick. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there were, yeah, they would give people testosterone. They would give people placebo. So they would actually play with some of these people. And yeah, they'd not like, even give them. Here's some testosterone. Yeah, literally. Like or they'd give them like 150 micrograms versus 300 micrograms. Okay. And there would be some pretty significant stats that the 300 micrograms would be like, hey, like I'm actually like hornier, like okay. good because it's, it's something that they wanted in their lives. Mm. 
And then they also found this is just what what night happens when you get nighttime boners is like a side that's always cool. It's like a little bit linked to testosterone and some other hormones. But they think that REMs essentially your brain is like constantly inhibiting your boner. Mm. Like it's like yeah, the baseline is like inhibited. Off. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like so baseline is like your brain's like, no, I don't want to get a boner. Embarrassing. And then when you get horny, your baseline's like, let's shut that off and boom, and things start flowing. But at night in REM sleep, what happens is that those neural impulses do get shut off. Mm. So you're getting a boner um, as because like a, a just the, the baseline's gone. Something off. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. And so between 45 and 74 years of age, men had a clear decrease in sexual interest and arousability. Between what years? What? 45 to 74 is the study. And then they also found that there's also falling testosterone levels at that age, as well as essentially your testosterone receptors become like less sensitive. So they're kind of like, okay, as you age, you get less horny. And, and so do these things happen. Like they're right. trying to tie it together. Okay. Um, with women, also the same thing happens that between 45 and 74, or sorry, 50 and 74 years of age, there's decreased sexual arousal. But also with women, they sometimes have de diminished vaginal lubrication, pain, discomfort with um, intercourse and things like that. And they actually found that recent data shows that 76% of women feel like they have some type of sexual dysfunction 70 what 76 percent of Whoa. people but this it, was this was a study this was okay. a, sorry this was a survey and then um a more recent survey found that women 43 percent of women and 31 percent of men felt like they had a sort of sexual disorder that maybe had to do with education their age their emotional health like people weren't satisfied right. with their horn like i shouldn't They're say horniness but like, it's like in, a, it was like way, what yeah. i was linking when the studies i was reading well that would if i'm not interrupting you no no it's okay there's so much stuff about testosterone like it's i was crazy. just gonna say it's interesting that okay it, i obviously hearing that study that's what you would expect like obviously as people age they tend to say that their sex drive lowers and i think that probably happens even before the age of 45 hello um but also there's sort of this <laughs> narrative sometimes that as people get like retired and much older, like their sex drive can increase again. And it makes you realize how much it is tied into not just your age, but your circumstance. Right. So yes. like when you are highly stressed and mm -hmm. we live in societies that pressure like a lot on how much you work and always being busy and always having stuff going on and people are like often overwhelmed and we're living in this digital age. Like you wonder, yes, there might be a biological answer to it, but knowing that anecdotally, like some older people say there's like a resurgence, you wonder how much of it is. Cause they got lots of free time. Societal. That's so interesting because I think that's when they're talking about the horniness scale, sort of from like <laughs> the information processing to the arousal, to the decision to do something about the horniness to the, to the sex, to the orgasm. Like a lot of what I was reading was that decision, that like decision period of like, do I deal with this is very, that's the contextual part. Hmm. And that's the part that it said, like a lot of women have a lot more, like essentially like think about it a lot more and also need to think about it a lot more, even to be aroused to get to that point. And it's like, it's all those things are social and contextual and really hard to study, but it kind of like what you're trying to say is that then you retire and all maybe right. the like barriers like your kids yeah. are in the room or like and how much more do you get when you're bored yeah you know, like you're you bored because you don't, you don't have, have a job like it's yeah. kind of interesting because then you can pass that motivation threshold more easily like okay like, let's just do it right but you maybe don't have like the same hormone hormones to be as horny because yeah. you're yeah. older is like i mean that's at least what they're saying yeah they, more than one factor that yeah plays into it yeah and so and then there was another. Oh, so in your brain, what's firing <laughs> is the inferior frontal lobe. Look this up, folks. Okay. The cingulate gyrus, the insula, and the corpus callosum. Okay, hot. Those are all, <laughs> those are all the horny parts of the brain. Like when you're kind of past the motivation part, and you're like, let's go. And with women, they have like more relationships to like the estrogen and like estradiol hormone for horniness. And they had other studies where those people would be given more estradiol if they had lower levels and become more sexually interested they would enjoy sex more they would have more orgasms and so it's like okay it's the estrogens linked in more to the increased sex drive in women okay. also increased testosterone women can increase sex drive and with men i'm saying increased testosterone can increase horniness but again none of these studies said for sure they're just mm. like and maybe I think even if nervous. it is for sure maybe it is just like reminding that this is just one element right yes. like like it's so much more like 
you could be have more testosterone and be less horny because there's a lot of other things going yeah, on in totally, your mind and your totally. body and your circumstance. And yeah. I think it seems too simplified to just be like, here's one chemical and we yeah. give it to you and it does that. Right, because it does a testosterone does so much more than just impact your horniness. Yeah, but beyond that, it's like your body (laughs) is like so much more complex. Okay, another cool study was that people with increased depression and anxiety are less horny, Hmm. but they said that when people are in an anxious state, not which is a different thing than having anxiety, they become more horny. Oh, that makes sense to me. Isn't that interesting? I kind of like, that that makes makes sense to me, but I'm like, that was a good study. I gotta do work. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, literally. It's like, but like, obviously I was like, yeah, wait, that doesn't make sense. But then it's like, oh wait, no, it kind of does. I feel like sometimes I get anxious and I'm like, I'm gonna go jerk off in the shower. Yeah, there's (laughs) definitely a difference between having anxiety and feeling. like Feeling anxious in the moment. I mean, yeah, you can find there's different types. Like obviously the word anxious can still be used for anxiety, but there's a different quality to that kind of like almost time pressure based anxiety of just like there's you got a deadline or something then there is to like the genuine generalized anxiety stuff and so it also was found that there's an increase in horniness and puberty in both women and men and this is linking back to testosterone that's when the testosterone levels in your body in both women and men start to increase but in women there's only a two-fold increase and in men there's an 18-fold increase in testosterone oh wow okay and then also another reason they think it might be linked to testosterone and estrogen is that women who are given oral contraceptives that can result in decreased testosterone and some people just some who take oral contraceptive pills who have vaginas become less horny Hmm. so that's like another reason they're starting to be like okay what's the reason oh and it's interesting that you hear often people who are on antidepressants like uh yeah yeah as well because it's playing with your hormones or even if they're hooking up like have a harder time like climaxing yeah it's interesting and then after coming is when serotonin is released which is why it feels good. Like, sorry, there's so many other really good things happening when you have an orgasm, mm-hmm. but they were saying even after the you like come, post. that like five minutes after, there's serotonin flowing in your body for both men and women. And that's why it's kind of like, oh, well, I just accomplished something. Thinking of puberty is so crazy. I know. Have we done a full episode on puberty? No, nope, writing it, it write down. Oh, well, we did a video on puberty. And but. recently we talked about puberty. Maybe we were talking about, oh, like body odor or something like that. Um, it's just such a wild time. Oh, it's such a wild to time. To just go from being some little innocent thing to like horny. Okay. <laughs> it's like the craziest thing in the world. Crazy. Like it's actually and crazy. As you age, you kind of want to deny how young I think that happens. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously there's like a pretty distinct age. Go on. No, I'm just saying as adults, like we look at like a 16 year old and we're like, you should not be having sex. Oh, like, you know? I see. But when you're that age, on other people. You, oh my God. Yeah. But when you're that age, you're like, no, I'm so Oh my God. I was like 14. I definitely feel I old so enough. So horny. And like, yeah. But as you're an adult, and especially I'm assuming with kids, you're like, no, that yeah. like, can't happen till later. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I, I do think puberty is like, hell obviously because like (laughs) you start to smell you're like your whole body changes but it also is so visceral and i do look back on it and think like wow you were alive you know what i mean like you were feeling things like my worry now in life is like don't become mundane (laughs) yeah like it's like oh god like i'm not like that was such a rich time like any song i would like hear and i would like ball my ass out (laughs) and be like this i I, like thought i was like feel it like when Pink was like singing about like what was that like just like a pill? I was like I'm addicted <laughs> oh to drugs. Like it was like I feel like I could I'm just feel. Like a pill. Yeah, like I was like I was like yeah, like I'm addicted. And it's like no, I was 14. I have never even touched a drug. But I was like, you could feel almost like those feelings, and you see it now with like artists, like the way that they like love. Even like Olivia Rodrigo, like when she sings that driver's license song, I'm like, how the hell do you know like love? Like you're literally talking about your driver's license, but you're actually like, this is a way better song than a 30-year-old talking about love because your hormones are insane and it is actually better because it's like you are feeling it. There's so much music and so many movies and TV shows about being that age too because there is like, and kids at that age like connect to stuff so much yeah. more deeply i think because it, they feel it so much like <laughs> oh my god maybe that's I, why they love horny songs too okay sorry continue. i feel like i didn't like listen i guess I, I, horny music was never like part it's part of like your oh it's so part of my thing me and mitch have a big issue in our relationship which is that <laughs> i find music very sexual and mitch doesn't <laughs> it makes me laugh but it's sexual like which is so funny so you're 
I it feel might like be a repression. family thing. Like, it might be a family thing, but like but not, not that my family was like, "Come on, kids, <laughs> let's salsa dance" or whatever. Well, but it's definitely cultural in that is sense because some, some dancing is clearly meant to be like very intimate physically, obviously. Like, and I, I horny danced at dance. Like, did you go to the high school horny dances? Like, I did. But you like, got to come out in high school. True. Like but I, I was making out with girls like, at first. And it was fine. Yeah, but even then, like, like you were just weird. Not that that's What do you weird. mean? Well, you were What's able weird? to like express sexuality. I was like truly repressed. Are you kidding? I didn't like horny dance on anyone in public. Are you joking? Wow. Oh my god, Mitch, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh my god. Now I'm like, that's why you won't horny dance, because you weren't able to. Yeah, it was that's like so having s- to like monitor myself at all times. Like but you lived in the big city. You got to like go to these <laughs> dance parties like that weren't at your school. Shout out first of all, Homo Hop Five Nightclub Toronto. First of all, I went to a Catholic school. B, I lived in a small city that didn't have like a underage club. Like you were allowed to go to a club where yeah, they would it was, make sure you couldn't drink, I guess. Yeah, but, actually like so crazy. <laughs> insane. But then but, it was like also four young gay people. That's oh, absolutely insane. I could cry what the home op did for me. Thank you. It was a U of T thing. It's like, thank you for doing something for people who aren't even at a university. It's crazy. 16. It's amazing. But that's why I think it was such a revelation to me when I finally could come out and then could but just be like, wow, was, I'm allowed to like act on these desires. I <laughs> was still set like 17, 18 for you. And then we would go grind at the club. But you never. Yeah, because I, I assume at that now, point it's like burned in my mind. In Colombia, we ground at the club. If I drink, I can do it but i just even like in like a sexual situation music it, it's not like i couldn't listen to music it's just that that's never been something yeah. that i've turned to, oh to my god add to like and your family mood. aren't dancers like you know what i mean like they're yeah. not people who dance. yeah yeah that's true yeah, yeah. But it's not like your family's like sexy dancing. No, sorry. I'm not like, it's not like my, like my whole family's grinding at the wedding. <laughs> but like my family, like if music's on, it's like, let's go. Like, let's dance. It's like very joyful. And it's not so much a thing that's like, like, I feel like with your dad, it's a like big conundrum. Is he going to dance? Is he not? Yeah. And it'll be like, he will, but for his wife. Right. Whereas with my family, it's like they're dancing and no one's even talking about it. Cause like we're dancing. Like also, my parents would literally come home. They would like do salsa. They would like, <laughs> there's like, I have memories of sitting on the couch and being like, Greg, Jill, sit down. We're going to show like you our moves. Pure, innocent, not horny. Dancing. No, but I think it all links to the comfort level around dancing that and led music. to me to become so horny from dancing. <laughs> like I'm just like, you know I what I mean? I like I love to dance and it doesn't more, have to be horny. You were more cultured. You grew up in a major city where you were exposed to music that was like sex music too. Like truly before grade what? 10, wow. I was like only listened to classical music just because I like <laughs> studied piano. I didn't, I didn't really have like that big of a oh music. My God. And then when I finally like, I was like, you know, had a couple straight friends and joined like a band. And then I just listened to emo music. And emo, so emo music is not sexual. It's so funny because like, I just picture you at home like, dun, 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 dun. and then like me like, like get low, <laughs> get low from the window. Like I remember that, like to the wall, sweat drop down my ball. Like I used to love fucking but grinding not, a girl to is that, that a song. sexy song though? When the sweat dropped down my ball. Yeah, but there's... Ah! Oh skeet skeet mother- That means that means coming Oh skeet skeet Motherfucker Like skeeting is like Literally coming out of your I dick. guess but to me There's a difference Between but- music <laughs> I'm just saying There is like Emo music Where they're talking About sexual things But it's not like You would use that music To have sex Oh wait Mine was a rap song I wasn't doing emo. No, I'm just, oh. I'm saying like there are emo songs similar that yeah. talk about sexual things, but I also think there's like, like no. R&B music is like horny, rhythmly sexual. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Wait, used- emo music is not horny. No, I know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think a- that song you're just saying is that ho- like is horny, but no, no, what it's I, it's not like oh, a sex song. No, it was such an awakening for me. Usher. Usher. Oh <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh my God. I literally started touching my tits. Um, yeah. Like let it burn. Oh my God. Like that is so funny. I was obsessed with Usher mm. and I was, you're right. Like you weren't, you were, I just didn't like, like have that many music references. Okay. Who was the first horn? Like, and now I'm like, have you ever listened to horn? Okay. Like <laughs> who do you think is like the horniest? Who's the horniest music you ever listened to without me forcing you to listen? To it? <laughs> oh my God. Like, that's such a funny question. For you. I don't, I actually don't Gaga? listen to horny music. Like early Gaga, like dance in the dark, but that's not like horny music. No, I got fucked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just never listened to it through that lens. Like any music. 
Yeah, this is like the this is the big divide. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. like I have a full sex playlist that I have like love <laughs> and I adore, and you don't. Yeah, okay. And like even even the idea of grinding and stuff, like only if I'm drunk would I do that. And wow. maybe now that I'm older, I can start to like move past that and like see it as like fun. But there's like you know a resistance or like a block around music being like yeah. sexualized. For me. I literally grind. I've probably ground every corner of this whole house like, with my ass. <laughs> and I also like, feel like you've like ground every one of your like good female friends. Oh my God. I've, and, like, and male and my dog. You know, like, <laughs> but like oh, you don't yeah. have that barrier. Like oh, even yeah. when something's sexual to you, it doesn't oh, yeah. have to, it's not crossing a boundary. No. And it's you know like, I mean? that's what I think is so beautiful about grinding. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I feel really awkward. Is that I like, think it doesn't have to be sexual, especially when you're like a gay man and a girl. It's such a fun way to dance with someone and really be close and like move together but it's like obviously i'm not right like, aroused yeah but then sometimes i am like wow like Shanaz is so hot <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's also fun it's fun to like enjoy other people's like bodies it doesn't have to be like sexual no what's happening it's like the part of the horniness spectrum like where i'm at i'm really really early on and i'm really deciding now with my motivation oh yeah because we're like on camera and literally filming a podcast no i meant like when i'm grinding with my girlfriends oh i thought you meant right now <laughs> no 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 imagine i was like right now i'm actually like deciding to not get a full chub and jerk off it's like oh cool good, I good see one when you're dancing with a friend yeah your, your brain even, is like putting that barrier for of sure course. like i'm like i I, th- I can only imagine that like there's this assumption that it should be horny but like with anyone actually even like if i'm even if i'm like grinding with like a guy and it's not my friend and i'm kind of like okay this could be it still is like a lot of work to get for me to get from just grinding with someone to sexual but i feel like that i mean this is the beauty i think of like uh gay male female friendships is i don't think you like grind with your gay friends like i'm not saying you never have when you're drunk but like i literally did this weekend me and fab grinded so hard yeah okay i'm just like but again it's like it's not a yeah it's like a friendship no i know but don't you think there's maybe more of a difference i feel like you've probably grinded with more of your girlfriends honestly i don't think there's much of a difference but the sad thing about our predominantly white gay friends is they're not that into dancing Mm. like i do think like that's why I love grinding with Fab because I know he loves to dance and I know we're just having fun. I just think a lot of our friends are like not actually even that interested. That's true. You're right. Yeah. I think, I think when you go to even like many gay bars, it's not, it's not really like in white culture, quote unquote. Yeah. I would like, I'm love sure there to are grind some with our like, gay friends and not, I don't think I'd, I think whereas it'd be the if same. you go to like a Latin bar, like of course yeah. there's like the physicality of dance. Everyone's there to dance. Yeah. Remember when we were in Columbia and they would literally like grind, we were at gay bars and they would, the girls would like grind on the guys so hard. They would like go down on the ground and then they would yeah. like pump them. And it was like, that was not ever sexual. Oh it was gay like, it was that very impressive. It's just like shoulders. Fist. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah well especially so if it's, especially if it's like a the type of music that yeah it's like you really do need like r&b like reggaeton like certain types of music to want to grind mm. and i think i was that we i grew up we were lucky like usher was big like yeah, that was a true. really important we time. were lucky <laughs> like i felt i feel lucky that usher was big but when i would go to the homo hop i would grind to like honestly it'd be like madonna <laughs> 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 yeah you're right there was still pop music that people would grind to like hung up <laughs> I would grind oh to my hung god up. yeah i would just see like straight people grinding i think i was maybe traumatized by it and so, by grinding no and, yeah people. well just like yeah no like, it is traumatizing even, even sexualized music because it was like so clearly a space i was not allowed to yeah. be part of yeah or i would have to feel uncomfortable if i had to pretend to do it with a girl and i would yeah. like i i would feel like i was it's hard for me to, like fake that that's you know so I mean? interesting like truly it was traumatizing because it like is when you're Represents supposed to be like grinding that. a girl yeah. and liking it yeah but then i was just like dancing enough that i was like i am liking this <laughs> yeah and you had more exposure and then you got to come out in high school yeah true. like there's that that difference as well yes, the privilege <laughs> the true privilege of my life wow uh, well and i still you still couldn't answer who's a horny <laughs> like i don't know what there is you're no like, beethoven's seventh it would have been something weird like like not that I ever listened to like John Mayer, but there would have been like that kind of like oh, white like acoustic music yeah. that could sometimes be sexual. That one song where it's like <laughs> or like Jack Johnson Ow. or something. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Or your body is wonder. Yeah, actually, that's horny. That yeah, is, there is horny. Songs I, that's like a really that. good white. But I didn't answer. listen to that. I'm just like I. Don't, I really have to think deeply. I honestly it. remember that music video, and I was very horny for it. <laughs> Because it's like a girl lying in bed and he's just like, I'll use my hand. <laughs> like it's like very, yeah, like explosive. Slow and like, yeah. So uh, can you think though of other like 
What are like kind of white or pop artists that like? Oh, Christina Aguilera's "Dirty." Oh, true. Like that was. Horny. But I was never into that. Okay, it's a sin of, as a gay man to say I know, but what that you were never into Christina Aguilera's "Dirty." Yeah, or Britney Spears's "Toxic" at the time. Whoa, not weird. What? Yeah, I didn't like the, either of those songs. Maybe Both they, like not that horny, but like sexualized. Yes, yes. And maybe I was still scared. I was like, I don't find it sexy. <laughs> I'm gay. Beyonce. What about Beyonce? I find her like sexual, like obviously her dancing is so sexual, yeah. but I've never been like turned on. What about the Spice Girls? Like two become one. That was horny. See, I didn't. Yeah, just I'm realizing I never saw music through a horny lens. Hmm. Maybe I, I have see a it horny through like an disorder. emotional. That's why yeah. I mean, oh, something we never talked about. We won't <laughs> talk that much longer, but is like this idea of emotional horniness versus physical. Yes, and how a lot of people, myself included, I think, need that sort of like. Intimacy? Or play an intimacy before it can be like to me. That's what <coughs> is something that would get me there sooner. Yeah. So apparently, according to, to the brain stuff, the lust, which is the prior to the actual like copulation, if you will, is more controlled by the testosterone and the estrogen levels. And then from there, you get into the attraction part, which can be more, you know, like this actual sex mm -hmm. or like maybe the dancing or the rubbing or the whatever that's more controlled by dopamine norepinephrine serotonin mm. but then there's the attachment which i think it was more maybe what you're talking about this is nothing to do with when you're horny this has to do with like baseline yeah intimacy and feeling comfortable that's more controlled by oxytocin and vasopressin mm -hmm. and but some people for me i would say that can trigger the other stuff yeah so obviously like, exactly some people horny out of nowhere but if yeah. i'm like with a person and not feeling horny like or not in the mood, but that kind of stuff can change. Exactly. Like, that's what I mean. The oxytocin, vasopressin hormones, which we haven't talked about, can be really important to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. To like, like, whereas I just needed to listen to like Usher. <laughs> that's <laughs> your like, And then I, and it's like, I just need to get right to the Usher, which gives me testosterone based. And then I was like, oh. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I really need to, like, Usher is in like Las Vegas. And it's like, why is everyone in Las Vegas? I hate Las Vegas, but it's like, I want to see Usher. Because then they can just not have to travel. Like, it's sweet if you're an artist and you can just have a residency. Oh, my God. I used to watch videos of Usher. Like, he used to do this song where he would, like, grind. Like, okay, whatever. I need to, I don't have to do it. I was going to start <laughs> doing it. But yeah, like, I would get so horny watching that in like grade 10. All white, his like all white outfit, like like so you just not never no usher never on the like did you even know he existed? I knew he existed. Obviously, I knew his like main pop songs. But. So even though you were gay, you weren't letting the male heartthrobs get like. What about Justin Timberlake? That was horny. I never liked him that much, other than some of his Good like job. songs. I would like to sing a little bit. Like you're on the right side of her story for not like Justin <laughs> Timberlake. I was like, future sex love sounds is a sexual ball. <laughs> <laughs> And I would like do it, like you know that song, like my love, my love. And just like all the music like, I listened to, was not. It was like my chemical romance, not sexual. No, at all. that like, doesn't under work. oath and not no. sexy. Oh my god, it's so not sexy. It's really funny to think of it sexy though. Yeah, true. And there was a time where I thought it was, sexy. but there was like definitely deep heartbreak and emo. You yeah, know what I mean, and that's what I would always gravitate towards. It was like I wanted to like sing because I was so sad. I was like oh I couldn't be with god. anyone. And man. <laughs> Okay, with my best friend and he was straight <laughs> okay we need to it's like, like i'm watching heartstopper and i'm feeling a lot honestly because it's about yeah. falling in love with your best friend no but it's like uh, young royals is also one that i loved and at first i'm like these are not great shows like they are teen dramas and they're kind of cheesy but it really does describe the emotion of being like a young gay person Ooh, okay i want to watch in that, that way i, I feel I'm like, like i don't really where's the horny grind i feel like it will be harder for you to appreciate in that you sometimes need TV to be good like I feel like in oh. some ways I'm watching it and I'm like it, it's like I can understand if someone thought this is bad well but it's like for kids it, yeah it is and then the Which undertones though I'm like but it's interesting to realize this is actually the feeling you go through as like a young teen gay person and I have heard like um or seen TikToks of people being like uh, trying not to hide my like deep like utter envy and jealousy that kids get Heartstopper and I did I know so that's like kind of nice like that's kind of that nice the, to think that part of the like not spoiler you find this out in the first episode but like the main character is like openly gay already i'm like that's also amazing like even if there had been one 10 years ago a story yeah. they would have to be in the closet oh he's like in the closet and it would be like a hot like farmer who like actually wants to kill him <laughs> secretly wants to kill him is the love interest and then he would get killed yeah and you'd be like oh that was i guess disturbing. that's dangerous <laughs> or you'd be like oh mom let's go watch I this know. game movie brokeback mountain so... where they just like 
yeah, one just gets absolutely murdered. And like ruin each other's lives. And it truly is beautiful and, and, and moving. Well. And yeah. you're like, I guess that's what I'm destined for. Honestly. Yeah, no, there is a lot of value in like the cheesy teen show. Like that's really cool. I want to watch mm-hmm. that. And I just hope there's a grinding scene. And if not, like. <laughs> not yet, but I'm only two episodes in, so we'll see. Oh my God. Okay, so we're going to grind. Like literally <laughs> this weekend. Well, once I'm like over COVID. <laughs> once you're over COVID. I mean, I am. I just no, you're going like, to put on a mask. I don't sound disgusting. You can put a mask and face the other way. Okay. Oh my God. <sighs> I'm so horny. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.